Blog Talk Radio. Good morning out there in Blog Talk Radio land. Want to wish you a happy mid-August. We're already, I'm telling you, school here in Georgia has started a couple of weeks ago, and then we're getting ready to head into autumn. The summer went by so quickly, so we want to welcome you to Off the Shelf. And I want to start with a quote, and the quote for today's show is, A river cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. There are times in our lives when we just have to keep going. And as the today's guest is going to share, and I, she's covering a topic on my drive into work, I heard um, there's a gospel station that comes on, and I heard one of the, the guests on that show talking about the importance of really being who you are and not wearing masks. So if you if you keep being persistent at doing something that's not really you or something you really don't want to do, maybe it's best that that doesn't work. And our guest today is going to go into more the importance of being who you really are. It's, we're tempted to be who we think other people want us to be so we get their approval and then we don't feel fulfilled. So that's a very important topic, and and I really appreciate that we discovered today's guest and that she agreed to be on the show so she can share what she's learned about this, as well as talking about some of her other books here on Off the Shelf. But, again, we want to welcome you before we introduce you to this amazing woman. We want to welcome you to Off the Shelf. And, yes, you are listening to the Winning Book Radio Show off the shelf, and there is still time for you to tell your family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues to dial in to Off the Shelf. Uh, we're just getting started, and we will be introducing our special guest today. The dial in is three four seven nine nine four three four nine zero, or people can check in through the chat room or iTunes or any other way. Before we, I don't want you to miss anything. Uh, that's going to be shared here valuable. So there's still time again, 347-994-3490. So to begin, I want to ask how good of a mystery sleuth are you? Are you someone who can figure out who's responsible for the murder mystery that cloaks Raymond Clark and his friends' lives and love pour over me? And also, this is another important question, when you think about love pour over me, how much do you value relationships and love? Uh, not just a romantic relationship, but the relationships that you have with your parents or the people who brought you up. Nobody came into this world and reached adulthood without uh, being influenced as a child, cared for and influenced by somebody. It's impossible. Those people really continue to have a lot of massive influence over you, even if you haven't seen them in decades. So how much do you value these relationships, the ones that help to literally shape and mold you, and then your friendships that you meet later in life, and a special love mate? If you really value relationships and you like mystery, I think you will truly enjoy Love for Over Me, and I encourage you to get a copy of Love for Over Me in print or ebook format. All you have to do if you don't see it on the store shelves is tell the clerk you want to get a copy of Love for Over Me by Denise Turney. It's sold Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, eBook It. And, again, if you don't see it 
on the store shelf. Just ask the clerk to get you a special copy of Love Pour Over Me. That's the only way you're going to enjoy the book. So I hope you go out and get a copy and let me know how much you enjoy Love Pour Over Me. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And I say this often. been doing uh, off-the-shelf for 13 years now. And I, when I first started doing the show, I, I reached out to a radio owner, Neil Blake, and he's, he's done a lot major television sh- uh, shows. And I just wanted to promote my first book, Portia, and he said, why don't you start your own radio show? Well, I interviewed guests not thinking I was really going to be educated from each guest. There hasn't been a guest I haven't learned something from. There hasn't been a guest that hasn't said something that's helped to change my life for the better. And I don't think it will be any different today. That's why I always encourage people sincerely to dial in to Off the Shelf. And our special Off the Shelf guest this morning is Sonia Visor. And Sonia's writings have appeared in several anthologies. She is the author of the books Love Me for Who I Am, we're going to get into that. And Who I've Become is Not Who I Am. And that's an interesting title. In addition to writing books and other works, Sonia is the founder of True Ministries. She is also she's a minister, a playwright, a wife, and a mother. And she is a member of New Covenant Church where her husband serves as pastor. We had a pastor on last Sunday on Off the Shelf. And now oh, we have a wife of a pastor on the day. And you can check Sonia out online at SoniaVisor.com, and I'll spell that for you, S-O-N-Y-A-V-I-S-O-R.com. It's worth going over there just to see her smile. She has a beautiful smile, S-O-N-Y-A-V-I-S-O-R.com. You can click over to her website now, even as you listen to her interview here on Off the Shelf. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf, Sonia. Uh, thank you so much. Wow, you are a great host. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I, thank you for having I me. I am excited. Oh, thank you. I'm excited about having you on. Some people's spirit just comes through, and yours does. So I'm very excited about having you on and interested to hear what you share. One of the blessings with Off the Shelf is once it's archived, people can, even if they listen in entirety today, they might say, I want to hear a part of that message again because it might resonate with them so they can really get a deep impact. So before we go into your books, though, Sonia, this is something that I do with every guest. I like to give them a little backstory on our guests rather than just launching into questions. So one about the first four or five questions you'll hear me ask, I ask this of every guest we have on. So before we go into today's questions, could you please tell off-the-shelf listeners, Sonia, where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Wow. Well, um, I grew up in um, Racine, Wisconsin um, with mom and dad. I grew up in a home that was sort of uh, knitted tight. Um, my mom was very uh, strong uh person in the house, and my dad was very strong as well, but loving. So we had, we had, if, if I could put it like this, we had, uh, um, what do we have, truth and grace, grace and mercy working hand-to-hand in the house. But, yes, we grew up in a small home, um, me and my sisters, mom and dad, and with family all around. So so you and your sister, you you and one sister? 
me and my sister, me and my um, two sisters, first it was just um, my older sister and I, and then mom and dad had um, my little sister come along after uh, 15 years. So it was a 15-year gap with um, oh. me and my little sister. I know, right? <laughs> so I used to be the baby. And what, what city and state, what, what was your, like your, what, what town were you from? Were you from the Midwest? The, or the... Yeah, we're, yes, we're in the middle of Milwaukee and Chicago. We're in the middle. That's oh, where okay. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So we're in the middle. Okay. It's a little, uh, little racine, but big enough. You know what I mean? So I, I got you, and I've been to Milwaukee. Chicago's a big city, of course. Been oh, to Milwaukee, yeah. so oh, yeah. yeah we've middle. had guests yeah. from around the world, and some people wow. where they were grew up had a, has had a big influence on them. That's the reason I asked you that. When you were a child, Sonia, we know what you're doing now. Uh, mm-hmm. This far in your journey, but when you were a child, what did you dream of becoming when you grew up? What did you want to become when you grew up when you were a kid? Uh, wow, I, I changed it so many times. When I was, I, people on TV really inspired me. I, you know, I went through the thing where actress was was one of the things. Then um, the business world intrigued me. Um, so I went through a, a, several rounds of wanting to be this and that, you know, um, mentoring. When I, I had a couple people who really inspired me, that was I wanted to be somebody like that. Anything that I did, I wanted to be able to influence people like this lady um, influenced me, you know, when I was coming up in the in the time where the choices really mattered, you know. And um, so it, 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 it ranged, you know, but the business world really, really hooked. I wanted to do something in the in the corporate uh, business world, and I ended up being as the report person or the paper pusher or the administrative assistant, those kind of things. I don't know. It just, it, it just intrigued me because I like the business aspect of it, and I wanted to learn. That's what That I, is um, interesting. I got to tell you, Sonia, <laughs> I think you might be our first okay. guest in 13 years who had a dream of going into the corporate corporate world. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. they want to be a school teacher, a nurse, They, but uh, uh, very few. You might be one of the first to want to go into to the corporate world. Now, how old were you when you knew that you wanted to be a writer? Well, okay. Now, now this this is this is something. I think the seed was planted in 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 high in high school when I took journalism, and um, the. the the instructor, she just intrigued me when it, it, it relates to articles. We had to put together our articles, do the research. I think that's when the seed was planted. I didn't actually start to get the desire to want to really do it until we had our um, first fundraiser, at, uh, and then we had a youth um, fundraiser, and we had to uh, come up with something to do, and I wrote the first play. So that's that's when it – but I think when I thought about it, I had, a, I had an interview not too long ago, and I thought about that. I, I think that seed was planted in high school in journalism, and the, the lady was just so good. At um, getting us inspired and look for this and look, oh, you could do better. And I think that's when it was planted, but I left it alone. You know, as life took its course, I left it alone. So, ah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> that's interesting. As we go to talk about your books, which I think, again, are your messaging is very important. It could, it's the kind of message that can help set somebody free. But we've had guests who've come on, they have known something, and some set on it for over a decade, and it's amazing how you, something sparks, but then you just totally dismiss it, and hopefully it'll come up mm-hmm. up again. Can you give right. us a brief overview of your book, Love Me for 
for who I am, then I have to ask you what inspired you to write that. But can you first give us a brief overview of Love Me for Who I Am? Okay. Love Me for Who I Am was uh, um, this this inspiration. Love My, Love Me for Who I Am is about Rainy, Rainy Thomas, and she's a church girl. And um, people get it twisted sometimes when they think church girls don't have desires, issues, and, and whatnot, you know, like they can't be real with it. And so I showed Rainy in the light of her having sexual desires, urges, and whatnot, and getting caught up. And she got caught up in um, – try to find our way out, but as always, if you, anybody who follows me, they know anything that I do, church folks come up because it's always their perspective that overshadows what you can receive from God, and so she she has to struggle with her sexual sins and, and whatnot, so that's, that's it, and she just wants people to, I messed up, but love me for who I am, love me where I'm at, love me enough to get me from this place instead of just beating her down, so that's where, that's where it that book comes from loving for who I am. Let Randy be who she is. We all messed up. We all falling short. And I, I don't know. I just love Randy, and I love her sisters too. But I just love Randy. So. <laughs> so she. This is a story of a woman. How old is she? Is she like in her early twenties? On the cover, she um, looks she's, very, very yeah. Yeah, she she is she is in her early twenties. She's like twenty four, about to be twenty five. So you know she's 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 in the area right there. But her background coming from a, a church home, her mother was very. They called her Mother Thomas, the Bible totem. She didn't have to. She just exemplified the Bible. You know, if she came to the room, people knew to hide what you're doing because of that's what was on her mother. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so, you know, so she, she lived a life of mess and covering up because you can't cover church folks what you're doing, even though everybody knows that church folks is the biggest one who mess up. But, yeah, so she, uh, yeah, she grew up in a, in a strict home with her mother and um, no father, but she grew up in a strict home with her mother. And so she, when she got like, caught up, the church girl syndrome. She um she fell fell pretty hard. Yeah. So. Uh, what what type of relationship does Rainy have with her mother? I know you said her mother is strict and religious. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming her mother cares a lot what other people think of her. But did 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 Rainy and her mother have a close relationship? Now that now that's what's very. I'm glad you asked. That's what's intriguing. Now her mother they had. I don't know how this happened, but they had a tight. It was a it was a close relationship. She could go to her mother with everything, but she knew her mama always lead her back um, to the Lord. And you know how you don't want to hear sometimes. You know, uh, I, I, you, I'm, there's been times in my life I don't want to hear that, and um, she mm-hmm. didn't want to. She didn't want to hear that. So, but at, in this in this season, their, their mother had passed, but her mother, because of the strong. Um, um, her mother, it still was a weight in her life, if that makes sense. She still, even though her mother gone on, it still was a weight of what mama would think, you know. And so, um, it, but then the, the oldest sister, Zora, she's the one who carries that mantle of her mother. So that's how, you know, she tried to hide from Zora, too, because her mother, she got the same spirit as her mother, you know. So it's, it's now, yeah. How old is Rainy when her mother passes? It was a few years earlier when her mother passed. So she's probably okay. 22. Yeah. So it wasn't that so long. She's, she was sort of fresh. Ah. Uh, so that's, that mm-hmm. take, that can take sometimes years to, to get mm-hmm. over. But she's she's dealing with that. And she's, 
she's a young adult, so she's dealing yeah. with a lot of change there with just trying to to actually become a woman without giving the story away. How okay. does she get involved? How does she, she, here she is, she's grown up in the church, going to church probably three, four times a week, and mm-hmm. reading the Bible, praying. How in the world, and I've seen people in church, kids, you're like, how did they get in that situation? How how mm-hmm. did she get involved in the drug world? You're like, this is like oceans apart. <laughs> right, right. Okay, well, okay, Malik. Malik was real smooth. What intrigued Rainey about this man was his realness. He, it, she was just, she tried not to be, but she just was captivated by his realness. Everybody else that she was around in her church world were like superficial. They were like everybody acted like they were all right, and she felt like she was the only one who was wrong or had was um, doomed to hell because of the um, desires that she had. You know what I mean? So she just was lost, and all of this is going on in her mind, you know, and so she's thinking that there's nobody I can talk to, really. She's close with her sisters. She had a good relationship with her mom, but when she, Malik just tapped into a realness that she wanted to explore, because remember, she's being sheltered and whatnot. She didn't really find out about his drug game until she got involved with him. Do you know what I mean? So she just was intrigued by his conversation, his realness. So that's how it started. And, she and then she it, got pulled in. And, 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 um, and unfortunately, that really happens. And then yeah. somebody who never did anything wrong is facing, standing in court or, or, or facing yeah. a jail sentence. And they, like you said, something drew them in. I have to ask you this. So the, so the church, that's just one one place. But we, we as humans, period, even if you go out into the, the Congo or the jungle or of Australia or Africa or other countries where people don't really come into what you could call the mainstream, they live off the land, they don't come in to do a lot of they may never been in a store, but even there, there are, we set up these human traditions, these human customs, and right. you better not break them. You better not break them. Right. It could be right. a tradition of how people dress, how you greet. You yeah. might have to bow to your elders. You better take your shoes off before you. These are like human traditions. Right. And so, yeah. like, in the in the. We have them at work. There's, if based on somebody's title, you should treat them a different, little differently. Uh, this is just these human traditions, and so in the church, they're there, there too. You know, people treat the pastor a little different than they treat everybody else. So, right. and then it being a her being a church, they she she's probably seen and known. This is the script I'm supposed to follow, but I wanted to ask you. Because it doesn't seem like when you really talk to people, everybody mm-hmm. knows it's a fraud, the script. But right. everybody still tries so hard to mold themselves to fit in so they'll be liked. Is that a right. message that comes through? Is that a message you wanted to get through for love me for who I am? And what would you say to somebody who's struggling with that right now? They might feel like I'm the oddball, like kids who get bullied in school. Mm-hmm. They uh, mm-hmm. People get bullied at work. It's like I, I'm, I'm not able to fit in. I can't fit in. What would you say to somebody 
who's struggling with that definitely don't want to see them go off and make the wrong decision and and just like rebel so much that they get locked up. But what would you say to somebody who's struggling with I can't fit that mold you've made for me. I can't I don't fit it. Well, I got to be honest with you. It took me so long to get there to um to get to that point where um I'm not people pleasing or trying to fit in, adjust to be how somebody else wants me. It took me too long to get there. So what I do now is when I spot that in somebody, especially my, in my, my true you jewels, the younger um, ladies that I deal with, I, I, I try to tap into it and tell them I, I was right there. And it, I don't want it to take you as long as it took me. And I try to tell them, you embrace who you are. Embrace what God, your your goodness, embrace what um, your gifts, the special things that make you who you are. Embrace that. Yes, deal with those things, those negative things that bring you down. But deal with the stuff. Celebrate that part of you, those who reject you, God got somebody else who will not reject that, who will receive that, and they'll be purposeful for that for those people. And what I tried to do was fit in with folks who just rejected me. They signed me up. I was so misunderstood, Denise. I was just um, trying. I was miserable. And I kept wondering, why, they don't, why would you not? What, what did I do? And it, it, I got tired. You get to the point where you get tired, but it was a journey for me to get to the point. And true you is, is, is layers. It's, it's just not you take off one true you, then you. No, it's layers, especially when you taught yourself how to be mm. like that. Now, and, I, and when I see other people who, this is real, just genuine, this who they are, I just, I love it. Even though they may be off, I just love it because they're real with who they are. And, and you know, and I just yeah. I would tell people, and when I see these and men and, and young young ladies, I say it: be you. Quit trying to measure them to what someone yeah. wants you to be. Be you. You. I waste. I try to tell. I when I you know different things I struggle with, then I struggle with. But I try to tell people I I, I remember dealing with that. I, I don't act like yeah. I was always glued to the church events. I I, I remember dealing with that. You know, because so many times I didn't have nobody I could come. They was they made me think that I was the only one who was, you know, I would have to do all kind of fasting and praying just to get to the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And they just made me feel as though God would never receive anything like me. Not everybody, but the people wow. who we think about the most is the ones who, who steal our joy because we think about that instead of thinking about the people who appreciate and, re, and receive wow. us. Wow. You know, and we had another guest on who said a similar thing. And there's nobody who hasn't probably dealt with it. I think some people realize uh, it's just another human, so why are you trying to get to get this person to like you? Right. It's, uh, right. I think I think about the uh, – but it's tempting. I know I've done it myself. Like, if yeah. so-and-so would only like me, but the yeah. thing I would encourage anybody – don't do something wrong, like get drunk or do drugs or do do something crazy, just to get a group of people to tell you they think you're cool or they like you. Right. Don't do that. Right. That's the one thing I right. would say to anybody. I would rather yeah. be laughed at and 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 freed and laughed at and stand in front of a judge. So uh, right. don't right. that don't that's just wipe that off the table. But we do right. we do struggle. We do struggle with that, and I think, uh, like another guest said, somebody has said something negative about her, and she could not get it out of her mind. But you, right. you, you forget all the positive things 
People say good morning to you. They smile at you. They tell you yeah. they love you, and you forget that. You just keep trying to like this one, This you get this one person to like you. But I think about, and I want to ask you about the true ministries in your other books. I think about mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said we're not bowing mm-hmm. down. To get you to to, love, to like us, that's not our object. That's not our priority. So you got you do what you're going, want, going, to, going to do. We're not we're not going to worship mm-hmm. you. That's not what we right. here to do. And so that mindset too could be helpful. We're not here. I'm not here to worship you. I'm not here. That's not what I'm here for. So that that also could be helpful. Um, will there be a sequel? So so this is what Rainy goes through, and she unfortunately gets she makes a wrong choice. Um, yeah. is, is there going to be a sequel? To love me for who I am. Are you going to continue yes. that story? Okay. Yes, I have to. I have to. That's like unfinished business. Rainy has her story. Zora has her story. And Tori, which I'm working on Tori right now, she has her story because these sisters deal with real issues. And um, I, I caught a little static with love me for who I am. But it, it's real. People in the church are dealing with this. And, um, you know, so... I, I don't know. I just it's, it just amazes me sometimes when people forget struggles they had before they started going to church. I remember having struggles going to church. I remember I was telling yeah. I was telling all the time I said I was in the um in the club two thirty at Taco Bell after that to three, and then I was in the um, class stand at um at uh at eleven o'clock in the morning. So I know all about it. I know all about it, trying to yeah. do the right thing, but you still on this side doing this and that. So that's why I don't ever want to be to the point where I forget that stuff because that that is what made me who I am, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it was a sequel to answer your question. <laughs> no, I think that we, again, the church being upset, it's like don't don't show that. It Just hide it. We only want, this yeah. is all we want people to see. And uh, that that might push some people away from the church because they feel like you have to be away. People really aren't. So they might feel like, I'll fail at that, so I'm not even going to try. Right. So that, right. that's a blessing. You, you, you showing, look, I'm showing you the real thing and so anybody can come. So yeah. um, what I wanted to ask you next is, who I've become is not who I am, and that's a very intriguing title. Where did you come up with the title, and then is that a novel or a nonfiction book? That is um, an inspirational book, and I came up with that title because I thought about my life. I had become something that I wasn't, and so it wasn't who I, I am. It wasn't who I was. So, um, And that's why you see how I had that tongue twister right there about who I am, who I was. That's why when I re-released it, we just re-released it, and I just said who I become because the simple fact is it, it, I became something that I wasn't, and I should become what God wants me to become. So that's where that all, all came from about unmasking. So that's where that came from. Wow, the lady yesterday said that. Oh my goodness! She said the same thing. Let wow. me let me, add, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Um, how, Sonia? How for can somebody tell? They're, they're, especially if they're a teenager, they may think, or even an older adult, they may think. Oh yeah. I'm just trying to. Uh, I want to have friends in my neighborhood. I want to have friends with people who I work with. 
uh, one thing I recently read that new people new to a company, regardless of age, they could be in their forties, mm-hmm. fifties, whatever, they reveal too much about themselves too quick because they're trying to make friends at work. So they right. just start telling right. people all about their life, trying <laughs> uh, uh, trying try, try to be friends. How, are there signs, Sonia, that somebody can see? I'm not just trying to make friends because I'm new. I'm starting to become somebody who I'm not. Are there are there signs where somebody can know? Whoa, yeah. I'm starting to wear a mask. Right, right. You know, and, and I, I just this, the first thing that stuck out to, to me. You ask great questions. You guys have blessed me these last couple of interviews. You guys ask great questions. But um, um, when you when you I, I I don't know. I'm stuck on the part where you said that the person they just talk 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 when they first get on the job and whatnot. Just tell them all of their business to these people who really don't care, and then they sum you up. They already when you see somebody, you already come to an opinion, and then you telling them all of this stuff. Now they got another opinion, so they they don't put you in a category, and then you have to ask yourself why do you feel like the need to is to um just put yourself out there like that because for people who you don't, you don't know, you just met. But, uh, and I had to tell somebody that was real close to me and, and the report, the later report they gave me was like, oh, no, I don't do that no more. That was last season. They said, they said I don't do that no more. See, I learned. I done learned. That's what they said. I done learned, you know, not to do that because how I learned was if you're not real and you adjust when you get around this group, you change to do this. Mm. When you get around that group, you change and you do that. When you get over here, you change and you do that. Who are you when you are by yourself? If those people can accept you and embrace you for how you are when you're sitting at home on your couch, if they can't embrace that, you got to adapt. Sure, there's professional settings and different things like that where you're not going to talk like you would if you were watching a movie or something like that. But I'm talking about when you have to completely overhaul yourself just to adjust to fit into that group, you're masculine. You're not your true you. Uh, so if you, you if you change just because if you change just because your surroundings and the people yes. around you change, and so eventually you could lose sight of who you really are. Is that yes. is that possible? And you, it, it mm. is possible. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me in other words, in that people pleasing mode, trying to get people to like me, trying to get trying to be accepted because I dealt with rejection so much, trying to get people to accept me and embrace who I was because I I had no problem embracing people for who they are. I met people from A to Z. I had no problem. I was it was easy for me to just oh that's them, that's who they are. But for me, I felt as though, well if I do this, they're not gonna like me if I do that. So I just held me back and presented what I thought they wanted. And that's how I ended up masking and getting more down to the point where I was just almost to the point of, uh, of giving up on life suicide. So wow. weighted down, yes, weighted down. That's who I become. That's the book who I become. That's what it talks about where the Lord used my, my son, four and a half years old, used my son to come in there and save me because I was about with my son in my home. You know my mind. I wasn't, I, I was on, caught up on, stuck in my mind to think about doing something like that with my son at home. Uh, wow. You know what? I'm I glad know, whatever I, part of you woke you up because I'm I'm listening to you I'm and you. researching for today's show. You have such a beautiful spirit that I'm, it's almost like, really? You wouldn't even think that you would have thought to, oh that you God. would even I need to, to Mm-hmm. That you wouldn't even have thought that you would even need to wear a mask. 
what would you? I'm trying to. So we, when when you, I appreciate you sharing that. One way to tell you might be wearing a mask is when you're in a different scenario. You're at home, you act one way. You're at work, mm-hmm. you act different. Different. You act different. Maybe if you're at church, if you go to church, or maybe you don't go to church, you act different when you're in a right. club. You act different right. when you're around different types of people. You you're not being yourself. And you're saying right. there's a way they get do that so often that you actually lose sight of who you really yes. are, which is pretty pretty amazing. Um, so the path through like your true ministries is this the mm-hmm. path you you your ministry takes people on? If you could uh, tell us about some of the services you offer to help people start to unmask. Uh, what are some of the services true ministries offers? And do you offer services, and if you could describe them a little bit, that helps people to unmask and start to become who they really are? Well, you know, um, with True You, um, that's the name of the ministry. With True You, it is um, about getting to the bottom line. No lies allowed. You have to, you, if you're willing to be honest with, your, with yourself, then we can go ahead and we can start from there. What we do offer um, in the past have been the True You conferences. Now we're going to have the, the, you got the study guide to go along with the book of who I become and then different things. Sometimes I do a, I do a lot of one-on-one um, different things because my journey is not somebody else's journey. And, um, you know, so I do, it, it's, it's sort of like God just tailors it to the person. Now, I, I don't know if you had a chance to look at who I become, um, the book, the cover of the book, but on that cover I have, my niece, both of my nieces are on this cover. Um, that's um, Ashley and Dominique on that cover. They are beautiful. They are beautiful, and they're um, they didn't know it yet. I, I I know. I pray that they're listening. But those are my two candidates that I want to go through this new true you thing that I want to start because the simple fact is when you see those women, you look at that cover. You see all those women on that on that cover, white, black, um, Hispanic lady. You you see these people on this cover because everybody has a story. One thing I know is is when people would talk about people, and, I, and we all guilty. You talked about people. You we all guilty. We're not saying something we shouldn't say. You only have a page. You only have a sentence. You only have a little bit of what you know about this person. And then we try to think we have their whole story, but we don't. And with to you, mm. it's a journey. It's a custom journey. I'm forever finding out who I am more about myself. The Lord uses my husband. He uses my son to help me, my job, to show me about myself. Okay, now why, when my, what, why do you get mad at that? Why did that um, throw you off? Why did you do this? You have to it's about getting you right and quit looking across the, the aisle. Look at you. What, what's up with you? you to, in order to be the truth, you have to really look at you. All of the good, all of the bad, you've got to be willing to look at you and then tell yourself the truth and then deal with it. Wow. You know, <laughs> oh, listen to you. You, you, well, thank you for what you're sharing, uh, Sonia. You, you've got uh, conviction. And conviction comes with like a like a power because you can tell it's not something you just study. Um, you actually live through it, and it's coming through. You you've got that conviction, and who knows how many people you can help because you've got that conviction, and you know that doesn't just come through through studying. It's not magical. It's something you know for sure. Does does masking start? Uh, do you think masking starts? A lot of our issues start in childhood, and our our parents do the best they can. 
They do the best they can, and we don't come with manuals about this is what Denise is going to grow up to be or Sonya, and so this is what you need to do for her when she's one, and our parents don't know. They just do the best they can. But does masking start in childhood, and is it a way to gain our parents' approval and love? And maybe when we don't get that, parents get tired, we see uh, Morty Lafco is a, a Morty Lafco Institute. He talks about how to get rid of meanings we give childhood events so we can go free. Your parent looks at you, you ask them something, and they frown. They're frowning because maybe their stomach hurt. They're frowning because maybe they're tired. They're frowning because maybe they just looked at a bill. But as a kid, you think they're frowning because you asked them for something. And so now right. you get, you might give a meaning to. Don't ever ask people for anything. It makes them mad at me. And you're, that's the wrong meaning. You, you're right. you, you're yeah. giving it the wrong meaning. You could carry that in your subconscious for the rest of your life. So I wanted to ask you, does masking start in childhood as a way to gain our parents' approval and love, and it becomes a problem when we feel like we didn't get it? Mm, for me, it did. For me, it did. Um, um, anybody reads who I become, it was, um, I was being, um, you know, molested at um, at the sitter's home, and I would go home, and I would deal with that over there, but I would never bring it home. I would put on a happy face. I would put on, I'm okay. Even if my mom and dad asked me, was I okay, I would say, yeah, I'm good. I just always had to put on that perfection for them because that was my safe place. That was my happy place. But I looked at it. It was my how I viewed it was distorted. I looked at it, and when it was my safe place, I should have said something of what was going on with the uh, abuse. But I never did until it was I, I got older and married, and you know, I didn't say anything. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, it's, it's interesting. Um, when I was a kid, I myself got, was was molested, and it's not something I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. about. But a part of mm-hmm. me, I can remember, I was mm-hmm. nine years old. It was a, a, a somebody who my family knew. A part of me said, "Keep it a secret," and a part of yeah. me said, "No, because you'll have to." A part of me said, "No, you have to carry that. It, it's going to be getting mm-hmm. too heavy." And I told it. <laughs> Right away, and I'm so glad that I did. But a part of me was like, "You gotta keep this a secret, because people are gonna look down on you. They're not gonna think highly of you. You gotta keep it a yeah. secret." Another part of me is like, "You, you gotta tell it." And I blabbed it up. Yeah. I told, I yeah. told my dad. I was embarrassed. I told my dad. I told my brothers. I told it. I just told it. So I said, I don't, because I didn't want to carry it around. So. That it could start there, where again we ha- we feel like we have to do certain things to get people uh, to like us. I wanted well, to ask you: Do you think? You know? Yes. Yep. Do you think that Christians struggle with masking more than non-Christians? <laughs> if you've been a Christian all your life, you probably might not be able to answer that, but. No, I have not been a Christian all my life. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. But yes, I do. Yes, I think that, that probably the majority of the maskers are in um, church. Yes, <laughs> you should see. I'm, I'm not. You should see me. I'm like, yes, definitely, with an explanation point. Ten of them. Yes, in the church, especially, especially. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Wow. <laughs> how, how do how yes. do we keep our children? How do we keep our children unburdened 
from this is almost a little troubling when you think about that. I, my oldest brother is a pastor, and my second oldest brother is a minister. And I've heard my my brother's oldest brother is a pastor. His wife's like, you can't do anything, and people are watching everything you do. It, not that oh, they yeah. do anything wrong, but you just feel eyes on you all the time. And oh, yeah. my my niece uh, said, you know, I spent almost my whole life as the daughter of a pastor, and it, it's, I guess it feels weighty. To, you don't think so, but I guess it feels weighty. Uh, how do we keep our children unburdened from feeling like they they simply cannot be their true selves uh, in order to be loved? Yeah, that that is very interesting that you said that. And I was just talking to somebody about that um, with um, with my son. This is we were very protective. We were like. Um, I had this one lady come to me, and again, my husband, a minister, whatnot. I told you, that's another story. God set me up with this. But anyway, my husband um, ended up being a minister. He wasn't a minister when I met him, but he ended up being a minister called, called by God. And I remember this one lady come to me. She said, um, your son be dancing, and she, he do this and that, and, and um, whatnot. And I paused. For a minute, and I said, wait a second. I said, does your daughter dance? She said, well, yeah. I said, does your son dance? She said, yeah, 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 he did. I said, okay, then don't put my son in a box and put stipulations on him. God called my husband. You know what I mean? Don't put him in the box. <laughs> I allowed him. He couldn't come up. <laughs> he couldn't come here with no rap music, with all kind of cuss words and stuff. He had to be some type of positive message in there. Something he couldn't bring that into the house. But I don't know what he was doing. But this is what he was told. <laughs> but you know, and I said, people put that on you. You always feel like eyes are on you. They want you to walk it out, but they don't want to walk it out. And I would not let them put that on my son. Yeah, we had rules. We didn't oh. let him be. You know, I just, I, we, I didn't want him to be like that because, you know, I just, I didn't want that on him. So it's up to the parent to say, now, I don't want you doing, you got to be, you got to be the one who um, governs your child. Don't let the people govern your child. You know, now I don't believe that you know, if somebody, a, a young child is, 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 is um, doing something and I ask you to stop politely, I, I, I believe I still got that old school to me. But at the same time, I can't let you govern and dictate what my son should do, but it's okay for your son. That's not right. That's not right. Yes. That's not right. Yes. Uh, That's not right. No. <laughs> what? So when did you found? <laughs> you I know. When did you found true? And I've heard so many people say, say these things, but I still think there's an image, and it's, it's there's cultural images. People say you're not acting black, or you're not acting Hispanic, or you're not. Right. I don't know. As humans, we create these images. And, again, like to the Nebuchadnezzar, we actually expect other people to bow down to these images. We create these images of what you should be because you're whatever you are, your color or whatever, and we want other people right. to bow down to this image and fit 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 into it instead of being who God called them to be. But when and why did you found, I know, do you, uh, True You Ministries, I want to talk about the specific services I know you said you do some one-on-one coaching and other services that you offer through True You Ministries. The specific services, it depends on what the person wants to get out. Again, it's, it's more like tailored. And it's me and another um, young lady who um, she went through the same process um, of, of True You, and we both deal with it. Um, it it's mostly and during this season, I don't know why God fixed it this way, but it's mostly one-on-one. And we know I don't know. I don't know how we know, but we just know if they're ready or not 
I guess because we're wasting so much time with people who didn't, they weren't ready, so we can identify if they're really ready to change. Then, if, if, which will be starting back up, they, they won't start back up until, by the grace of God, the beginning of next year. But because um, God got me on this writing assignment, I got deadlines. But anyway, but um, so that those are going to be, and those are up, and they have real topics that we deal with. So all you have to do is show up. So and um and then we um a friend of mine was talking and she said we should have things streaming now Trace is talking about this we have, should have things streaming and that can be live so people who can attend they can attend online so it's up to you it's what you if you people are awesome if you willing you gotta do the work it's not gonna fall from the sky it's not gonna be oh you twirl around three times you have to do the work I had to do the work yeah, oh, I'm so glad you said that I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That is something that I still a little struggle with, thinking that if God wants something, I actually heard somebody tell me this, if God wants something for you, it will just happen. And you might be waiting forever for it then. And I'm not saying that some things don't just happen because they do. Some things do just happen, but then there's also times when we we do have to do work. Have you thought about putting... Your message is so pertinent. I, I, oh my goodness! Uh, this, this, is that the 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 harvest? Is, there are probably you don't know countless people who need to hear the message that you're sharing. Do you do like YouTube or Vimeo, or do you have like a video channel where if somebody starts with you, they can if they want to get deeper work from you, they they contact you through True You Ministries. But let's say they, they're really struggling right now. They're struggling. And they do a search and up comes something that you share, and it helps them get through the day. It helps them get through the night. Do you have any, like, videos or video channel you could share with our off-the-shelf listeners that this is what my I, videos are and these are where I have messages? I'm just I'm, 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 I'm fanning my eyes right now because you are confirmation to what, as God has put in my spirit, to do as relates to the, I, I wanted to do, um, answer questions that I get all the time. I just wanted to do just, you know, I don't want to keep people all day. I just wanted to answer the questions that I get all the time about true you. And some of the ones that you asked today should be a part of that, that list of questions that um, are being built up. But if we want to answer those questions and deal with it, we had, we started the true you channel a while ago and have not updated it. And you just, this is the stuff that's in my spirit to do. And you got me in tears because my eyes are missed because you, you said this, I'm like, Lord, I'm just shaking my head. If this is not confirmation, I don't know what it is because, you know, of course, we, we do travel, we go and whatnot. But sometimes, like you said, somebody could just search and get that right right on time message or word that will help them transition them to where they need to be. And I'm just so thankful for God and you for confirmation. You're talking about learning from um, your, your gifts. Thank you for that. Yes, that's something that we get up. I can do that quicker than I can the um, conferences. So, yes, that's something to tell them to look for it. Sign up for the email and look for it, and I look for it. Look yes, for it. You, and you would have <laughs> probably people who would be every week. And then some people, it's just a, it's just a pop-up, and they, they're searching. They're feeling like they're yeah. really feeling crushed, and they come across a message, and it could be just two minutes, and it gives right. them the strength to it gives them the strength to keep going. Now you've also written eight plays. So Sonya, you <laughs> when did you start writing? And you've been really going at it. So you've been writing for how long now? 
Oh, my goodness. I think that um, first play was in, um, I said, the late 90s. The late 90s, that was my first play. So, you know, it's, only, it's, not been, it's been long enough because I, I feel as though I should be farther than where, where, I, where I'm at. But, um, yeah, so that first play was in the late 90s. I want to say 96, 95, something like that. That was my first play, and then we started from there. And we did another play after that and another play after that, and then, I, I took it to the stage. I thought I was getting better, so I took it to the stage. <laughs> and then we went from there. But, yeah, so, and then. Good um, for you. The, Have you yeah. reached out to people like uh, Tyler Perry or even even if they, they may not respond or they may get a zillion emails? But I'm trying to think of some other playwrights uh, to reach out to. Maybe they could. Sometimes you just it just starts as a question, and the relationship continues, and they can give you guidance, or you never know. But have you re- reached out mm-hmm. to any other any other playwrights, and do you plan to take any of your other plays onto the stage? Yes, we have a play that's I, I hate to even say this, but yeah, we I I want this play to be um, early early spring by the great Scott, and um, yes, I have it. It's in my spirit. I just gotta get it going because I have to downsize my cast and all this other kind of stuff. But yes, I want that. I, I want to keep going. As for reaching out to other plays, I was a part of a community, a UPU community, um, with Urban Playwrights United, and I was a part of that at, for one season of my life, and um, it was a blessing. It was a blessing to see like-minded people together and whatnot. But as for reaching out to the uh, Tyler Perry's and all that, no. But um, I like Dave Talbert. He's one of my uh, favorite people. And I, John Ruffin also was instrumental in my life, too. But I just um, I just thank God for where, where God has me. And, you know, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even on my heart to reach out for Tyler Perry. I'm sure he got a lot of people who, you know what I mean? It just, that's one of the things. Now, that's one of the things I put in the category if it's God, then you know what I'm saying? Then he'll go ahead. Right. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Then he'll, he'll put the divine connection with it. But, um, okay. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about just uh, your first play. What was your first play about? It was um, the name of the play was Left, and it was about since it left. Um, uh, people were, um, uh, they had to get ready. They were. Um, it was, Esther was the main um, character, and we had to create real flames and whatnot. It, it wasn't that, but we, we put the light behind the little paper that we made for flames around her. She's being tied up. But it's literally about being left. She had a message for people, and um, they didn't want to hear her. So the left was the main message, and then they t- took her captive and whatnot and, and tied her up. It was based on people literally being left. When the Lord comes back, it was based on that her family didn't want to hear her and whatnot, and um, yeah, so that's what that was about. It was it was good. It was like we sold uh, tickets for three dollars. We sold and, and we gave away refreshments. Um, it, it was a fundraiser for our youth. So we, I'm smiling hard because that was a, a very it was a joint effort by everybody, and we had a good time with that. We really did. Oh, I can't believe we sold a ticket for three dollars, <laughs> and we sold out. And you still have a, a, a clear memory of it. Which is your favorite, Sonia? Do you like to? Would you say writing novels or books is your favorite form of writing, or playwriting? Uh, to me, playwright is a, is a little bit easier. Um, I like novels, so I'm trying to get my stuff better in that. I'm, I thank God I, um, I took a couple of. Uh, 
classes with um, Victoria Christopher um, Murray. I took a couple of classes from her and to sharpen um, myself with um, writing novels, and that's what I'm working on now. I have a heart to do that. I need to get better at it, but um, that's where um, that's where my heart is. That's where um, to, to deal with real issues through writing, you know, about people, real people that people can relate to, you know. So that's where my heart is. That's where my heart is. I like my plays. Everybody asking for a play, but I want to get these books done. <laughs> you know, okay. so you, I, got, you, I, I don't have that much time. <laughs> we have a, a, a little, about eight minutes left. You you okay. have a full plate. I'm listening to you from the start of the day show to now, a pastor's wife, and that a, a mother and a pastor's wife is enough to keep anybody busy <laughs> full time, period. <laughs> So those two alone, and then you have your True You Ministries, you write novels, you've written plays, you've got a full plate. How do you balance it all? Sometimes I'm good and sometimes not very well. Um, This weekend was an example of that. I had a lot going on. I have two birthdays, husband and son, this weekend, so it's a lot of tight um, things going on. But um, I have to prioritize, and then I have to listen um, listen to God because sometimes I'm working on something I ought not to be and he'll say, no, and it's not flowing. I need to get off of that and work on what I should be working on. I keep doing, trying to do everything else but Tory Story. I got to finish Tory Story. So um, that is on my heart to do. So I, I really have to tune in because it's, it's the reason why it's not flowing. Either I'm in the way or I'm on the wrong thing. So it's for me, and um, I have to know the season. Sometimes everything just flows, but sometimes it's just yeah, it's deciphering what to do. And uh, Lord, am I on the right thing? And then it flows. That's that's what works for me. So, okay. Can you share three to four uh, steps that you've taken that you have personally found to be effective at getting the word out about your books and your ministry? <laughs> Well, um, I'm telling you, number one for me is a lot of times people didn't know about my books because I didn't say anything about them. And um, I didn't say anything about them because I'm good at shining the light on other people but not shining the light on myself. So even like um, I had an interview a couple weeks ago, and I was almost afraid to share it in my writer's group because I'll share somebody else's stuff, but I don't know. So you've got to be able to talk about your, you got to have talk about that passion that you have to other people. That's number one. If you can't talk about it, how is somebody going to know about it? Number two, um, market in the right place. Um, I wasted money and time marketing places that I shouldn't. Know where you're marketing to, that that audience is for you. Know your audience. And um, number three, timing, timing. And um, doing everything at once and producing nothing is not going to help you. So timing, what, Lord, is this the time? Is this the season? Uh, you know, so that's those are the three things I could I could think about. First of all, you gotta talk about it. Some people talk all the time about what they're doing and their products and stuff. It's like, man, where, can I have just a little bit of that? You know, I I, I do it like <laughs> sparingly. <laughs> you know, I do it sparingly, and that's again um dealing with that true you. It's okay, Sonya. You know, because you know you want to be humble. You want to be. I, I always want that to be part of my who I am. You know, and, but you gotta tell people. If you don't tell people, they won't know about it. So. That's the number one in being, like I said, uh, marketing the right audience, know your audience, and then timing is crucial. Crucial. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Well, appreciate, appreciate you sharing those uh, those marketing tips for how, how you, the timing. And generally when a book comes out, 
it's recommended to start marketing at six six months. It's starting to get, ramp up your book reviews, getting your pre-orders, uh, letting people know that the book is coming about six months before it's released. And then uh, one author had a lot of good experience with this. Uh, she worked with a lady mm-hmm. I know who's a good book marketer, uh, lining up radio interviews, doing uh, oh, yeah. prizes all day for the book launch. She would have she was she was online all day doing different things. Uh, but she wrote a children's book oh, that could cool. also go into schools. But mm-hmm. those types of things are, are also help. Who are we've yeah. only got about three three new books. I mean three three minutes left. So I'm not going to get to all of all of the questions today, um, but can you let us know? You did say you were working on the other two sisters' books. If you mm-hmm. can let us know when those books will be out and if you're working on anything else, including any inspirational books you might be working on. Okay, um, Toy Story, Got to Be Real, um, and Rainy Story, Make It Last Forever, and then Zora's Story, Can We Drink to That? Those probably all of them probably would be done by early spring, but Tori's probably by the end of the year. So we're probably looking at an early. Um, this is just me putting these out there at early um, 2018. By the grace of God, Mark. Um, inspirational books. Um, God has another masking book on my heart, and then also I'm coming out with my hands held up high. Surrender. I need that um, um, book. A lot of times we come out, we got everything in our hand. We need to put your hands up. <laughs> so that's coming out. Um, and all looking at early spring. So, but what, what I'm going to get started on are those, are those true you uh, videos that we talked about. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, can you let us know uh, where people can f- get your books? Where can people purchase your books? And are they available in e uh, ebook and in print book form? Yes, they are. Um, all of the books are available, ebook and print form, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, um, iTunes, all of that, uh, Google Play, all of those books. Um, the book outlets, the the books are ready. The books are ready. Okay. Okay. So you can go over now to our off the shelf listeners and get copies of Sonia Visor's books, and you could, if you participate in her True You Ministries, and she's going to start up her videos again, you can even learn more about the author and, and her her nonfiction work and, and better understand what inspires even her novels. I wanted to ask you also, do you have any upcoming speaking engagements? And if so, if you could just share two of those with our listeners. No, nothing confirmed right now. I don't want to announce anything that's not confirmed uh, right now, but um, if you check out my website, just Check it out. Every other week it should be updates on there. I just don't want to put anything out there that's not confirmed yet. So All right. if you just follow me on my um, uh, on my social media and also on signadvisor.com, I'll have the upcoming events on there. Now you just led to my last question. So tell us where we can find you online at social media sites. <laughs> tell, us, tell us where listeners can find you. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Pinterest, all of the major social media sites, and then also, of course, my website, SonyaVisor.com. Okay. So if you want to find Sonya on social media, her name again is Sonya, not with a J, Sonya, S-O-N-Y-A, V-I-S-O-R, and that's the same 
for her website URL, S-O-N-Y-A-V-I-S-O-R.com. I encourage you to go over there and bookmark her site because she's going to keep updating it, letting you know when to look for her new books. And if she has any upcoming speaking engagements or interviews, you can keep up with her there. One of the wonderful things off-the-shelf listeners is to start following somebody who's an artist before before their career or their writing really takes off. I think it's just wonderful to say, I was there at the beginning, or I was yeah. there before this person took off. That, that's a that's yeah. a wonderful thing. So I encourage you to follow her now because you don't know what the future has for her. So if she's on television one day, you're like, oh, I remember hearing her on Off the Shelf. There is a guy, <laughs> a Roland Martin, who, who's on uh, TV One who interviewed on Off the Shelf. And there's others we've wow. interviewed here. And it's just a wonderful thing yeah. to remember, I remember Sonia, and then to see her on television. So I encourage you to support her again, SoniaVisor.com. And she's the author of the books, Love Me for Who I Am, and Who I've Become is Not Who I Am. And she's also the founder of Two You Ministries and a member of New Covenant Church where her husband serves as the pastor. We thank you, thank you, thank you, Sonia, for all you shared today and for your beautiful spirit We thank all of our listeners. As I always tell you, you are awesome, you are amazing, you are incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City time. Sonia, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.